to this podcast from South Mims U. Today we're talking to someone from the social science departments of this University of South Mims. This module is focused on the use of leisure time and on pastimes and hobbies as they are sometimes known. Our last podcast was centred on macrame, a fascinating pastime that goes back for generations. You might have missed that as we had to censor it because it got a little bit violent. Anyway, today our guest is Mr Hamilton Smith, who is a twitcher, or a bird watcher to you and me. Some bird watchers, it would seem, are complete fanatics, and their pastime takes over their entire lives. Hamilton, would it be accurate to describe you as a fanatic? Yes, I suppose you could say that. Are you what is described as a twitcher? It seems an odd name for what is in reality a bird watcher. I mean, how did the name come about? There are several theories. One seems to be that a particular bird watcher, whose name escapes me, became so excited when he saw a rare bird that he actually twitched with excitement, and the name stuck. So you are such a twitcher, Hamilton. In a way, we are the more advanced twitchers and are known as shakers, not to be confused with Quakers, who are a religious organisation. Are there many shakers? Not that many, compared to the huge volume of twitchers in general. The shaker examinations are stiff and not many get in. Nationwide, we have a structure. The gold shaker, who is usually retired, so it's more of an honorary position, then 12 silver shakers and 20 bronze shakers then the rank and file. I'm a bronze shaker. There is a different system in North America, I think. I was looking at your online journal, the Shaker's Supplement. I am Circulation Secretary. Well, indeed you are. How is circulation? Healthy, as indeed am I. Well, you do look healthy, yes. Very pink cheeks. Shining spectacles. Your circulation must be good too, all that outdoor activity. It is a byproduct of twitching, not generally known. Well, exactly. Which brings me neatly to the first point I was about to make. According to your supplement, I was surprised to learn that, well, birds are getting, uh, how should we say, overweight, fatter. Surely that's not true. No, they are, considerably. Broadly speaking, birds are flying slower and beating their wings more to cover the same distance, mostly due to being overweight. Oh, fascinating. Well, it can work in our favour. As they are fatter and slower, it's easier to observe them, which is a boon to our elder members, several of whom, of course, are fatter and slower as well. But altogether, you, I mean, in the end, you paint a quite a grim picture, don't you? Well, yeah, it is grim. And what do you put it down to? Diet. More and more of them are gorging on fast food, crammed with sugar, salt, fat and dangerous additives. Your members, you mean? No, 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 the birds. What about the ones that eat worms, like they should do? Well, have you looked at a worm recently? Fat! Same problem. Fast food is slowly working its way through the ecosystem. Some garden snails are starting to burst their shells. The urban foxes started eating household leftovers from an, obs uh, an obese human population. Are you sure about the worms? Yes. The Priory of Vermis have just brought out some statistics. Uh, who is the Priory of Vermis? Uh, sorry, they're a sister organisation. The Priory of Vermis are worm watchers. 
worm watchers. Yeah, as you pointed out, bird watching can be quite physically strenuous. Worm watching is popular with the older nature lover as it involves less movement. Worms being slower than birds, which is why, of course, they're a popular dish on the bird menu. And uh, worms are getting fatter too? Yes, positively plump and not in a good way. And we are starting to get some new species of bird due to obesity. What, whole new species? Yes. One of the easiest to spot is the podgeon. And that's obviously a vernacular name, bit of a joke. Yet to have the Latin nomenclature. The podgeon? Yes. The podgeon is a new species of flightless pigeon. They are so obese that they have completely lost the ability to fly. You can see them in abundance in London's Trafalgar Square area, where they eat fast food remains. What, so they can't fly at all? No, they just wobble, a bit like penguins, or the dodo, which is now, of course, extinct. All right, well, um, so let's talk more about bird watching. How do you get close enough to them to, to see them clearly? We sneak up on them. We use hides. Cowhide? To disguise yourself for buffalo, thereby <laughs> lulling them into a false sense of security? Uh, no, not oh. quite, though we do disguise ourselves occasionally. I will come on to that. Well, of course. Oh, of course, of course. Hides, yes, yes. These are little sheds, aren't they? Yes. <clears throat> we will build a little shed in a wood, say, and paint it green so it blends in with the trees. And what happens in winter? It gets cold, we put a stove in. No, no, I mean, the leaves have gone, so it won't blend in. I mean, do you paint it grey or patchy or something? Well, like a lot of the birds have gone too in the winter. And there is some evidence that the ones that remain are colour blind. Really? Some evidence. Why do you think magpies are black and white? Work is being done. Come back to me on that. All right, then. What, what kind of person becomes a twitcher? <sighs> it's impossible to say. All sorts. We range from bankers to milkmen and it's a great leveller we are all united in our love of twitching and what do you wear is there a kind of general purpose twitcher outfit well if you have time to get ready you try to wear something that will cover any occasion stout shoes well, stout. Ooh, stout as you can ready for any terrain anything from a mountain to a lawn birds don't care remember they are up there a marsh or a desert is pretty much the same for them. Not for us, unfortunately. And how about clothing? Again, be prepared. You'll never know where you'll end up. If you have time, start with swimming stuff, then cover that with everyday wear, and then cover that with some kind of waterproof coat with a hood, and take an umbrella. That, that covers most eventualities. And always take a flask of coffee. That is critical. So that's how you prepare when you go out? If you have time. But that's not always the way. Let's suppose a rarity has been discovered on the Norfolk Broads and you are at a black tie dinner in Mayfair. Well, the word will go out. Will it? Oh, yeah. The second it's seen, the old jungle telegraph will be beating. Everyone will know. So you just drop everything and go to it while it's still there. It could fly off at any second. So you be in the Norfolk Broads in a ditch in your best bib and tucker. <laughs> I bet that makes you popular with your wife. <laughs> Don't tell me you're not married. It's our 27th anniversary oh, tomorrow. Okay. She's another twitcher. Keep it in the family. We met in a hedge in Shropshire. Well, congratulations. <laughs> wow. Now I hear on the grapevine that um, twitching <clears throat> is becoming 
trendy with millennials, is that oh, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Now, this is all very hush-hush. Let's just say that a certain celebrity on popular daytime reality show Love Jungle was spotted twitching when she should have been... How can I put this? You mean mingling? <coughs> yeah, very good. She should have been mingling with one of the bronze-thewed, chiselled male contenders. Fascinating. Well, it must be. There are, are a lot of distractions out there, aren't there? Yeah, parrots, macaws, maybe even two cats. No, 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 I meant, I meant the, you know, the swimming pool and the bronze-thewed contestants. Not to a twitcher. Not at all. And I think she is devoted. Goodness. So she should have been mingling with this punk or whatever they are. And apparently he sulked something about his contract. Anyway, there is secret footage of, shall we call her Contestant A, twitching near the camp. Potential dynamite with the tabloids. Indeed. Yes. This is all in the hands of the TV company. And time to go off two weeks after they get back. Now, when it gets out and into the colour supplements... Well, entirely new bird-watching themed collections on the catwalk, I imagine. Sarongs and monokinis for the twitcher. There is talk of a new cocktail. The handtail. <laughs> and uh, new perfumes. Hide water. I know. Themed umbrellas and max. Uh, yeah, the sky is the limit. But you understand this is all very hush-hush. This is an exclusive for you. And if anyone else comes to us, well, we're going to deny it. Well, I understand. So, moving on, I must ask you, what is the rarest bird you have ever watched? I mean, twitched. Difficult question. In the UK, possibly the willow tip. That was quite a day. But of all of them, well, I was privileged to see what I think was a parling. Oh, I've never heard of one of those. Well, you wouldn't. The parling is the result of the pairing of a penguin and a starling. Extraordinarily rare. Bit of a one-off, I think, and a bizarre mingling of habitats. The Antarctic and number 15, the spinny Wheatumstead. So you had to go all the way to the Antarctic? No, 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 no. To number 15, the spinny Wheatumstead. And it was tough. The Antarctic might have been easier. But why? Because of Mrs. P. Richardson, the incumbent of 15, the spinny Wheatumstead. Go into details, please. I can't really at this time. I mean, all right, what was it like, the parling? Extraordinary. I could only see it at a distance. What I did see was extraordinary. Well, what was it like? A large starling or a small penguin, depending on your point of view. And you could see it? Oh, yeah, quite clearly. But it was quite a distance away. Number 15 has a large garden and we were on the pavement, six deep. Well, that was, must have been quite a crush. It was. Mrs. Richardson wouldn't let us in. Something about a lawn. I forget the details. There'll be a court case later in the year. Did anyone get a photo? One of us had a very long lens and he thought he got something. He's a soundman at Queen's Hospital Radio. He's very good at that sort of thing. We haven't seen it yet. He's confident. Um, and what was it doing? I mean, the, the parling? Well, like I say, it was quite a distance, bottom of the garden. The light was going. But I think it, well, it was doing the usual bird stuff. Feeding, preening, walking about. There's not much else they can do. Talking of preening and walking about, what is it that I read in, in my notes here uh, about Napoleon? Oh, yeah. Now, there's been some original correspondence unearthed in St Helena, where he was exiled. It turns out that the Battle of Waterloo was not won in quite the way previously thought. Oh, yeah. Turns out Napoleon was a twitcher. 
<laughs> is that why the uh, army standards had eagles on? I think it is. They were originally going to be cockerels, but Napoleon thought the eagles were nicer. Well, they were, aren't they? Look good in gold. Yeah, but what has twitching got to do with Waterloo, though? Well, at a crucial moment in the battle... The charge of the Scots Greys? Quite possibly. A red-backed shrike was seen wheeling over the battlefield. Obviously, Napoleon was extracted by this and uh, did not give the battle his full attention. He was distracted from the charge? He was distracted, yes. <clears throat> he went into twitcher mode. Did the shrike stay around, then? It did. Napoleon was fascinated, watched it through his telescope. We know all this from the letter that was discovered, and the battle was lost. Well, I mean, they gave out that he was suffering from piles or something, didn't they? No, no, that was a cover-up. It was the twitching that did for him. I mean, can you relate to all that, I mean, as a fellow twitcher? Very much so. I failed my driving test for the same reason. I was watching a swallow during my emergency stop. Even worse... Yes? Well, it wasn't even a swallow, it was a bat, I found out later. Mm -hmm. My concentration was divided. But what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I made sure I didn't take my next test in the uh, early evening. <laughs> I'm sure you did. So, are there any other famous twitchers in history? Plenty. How about Oscar Wilde? Are you serious? He tried to keep it quiet, but some of his writings were in code and they were recently deciphered. Fascinating well, stuff. Well, tell me. Well... Being Oscar Wilde, it doesn't, wasn't just any old twitching for him. Go on. He was a peacock watcher. He famously had peacock feathers on the walls of his rooms at Oxford. Turns out he was obsessed with them. Well, I suppose you can see why. Very exotic. It can't have been easy to find them. And, and don't they all look the same anyway? Goodness me, no. Different strains, very different plumage. And where did he um, uh, watch them? I mean, where did they come from? India. But that's not how he watched them. I don't, I don't think he went there. He was very well connected, you know, in his heyday. So he would be invited to these stately homes, which would have peacocks all over the place. And he was in seventh heaven. He would lurk in the bushes and try and sneak up on them for a closer look. In his dressing gown or something? Well, there's no record. Aren't you confusing him with Noel Coward? Uh, I might be. Uh, does he have a dressing gown? Um, was Coward a twitcher? I don't think so. He may have had a budgie. Some say a cockatiel. Right. Uh, any, any other famous ones? Well, there's Poe, of course. Poe? Edgar Allan Poe, horror writer. Odd chap, obsessed with ravens. He wrote a poem about one called um, The Raven. That was very famous, but he liked ravens in the same way that wild like peacocks. He would hang around motorways. That's where you get them, isn't it? No, this was before motorways. Uh, maybe he hung around the Tower of London. He probably did that anyway, being a horror writer. I'll have to get my dates sorted out. Not sure about that. Anyone more recent? Well, there's Fleetwood Mac, I suppose, with their iconic song, Albatross. That's a bird. There's an unsubstantial rumour that Stevie Nicks may have been a twitcher at some point, or maybe Mick Fleetwood. Unsubstantiated? Just a rumour. That's a joke. Now, oh, I see. Right, OK, very good. Now, what's all this about twitching being made uh, an Olympic sport? Ah, uh, that. Well, it's a bit of a long shot. Are the rumours true? Well, it's not as left field as it sounds. Have you heard that video games have been proposed as Olympic sports? Yes, I have heard that, yeah. Well, video games are a hobby, so is twitching. 
What's the difference? Well, one is competitive and the other isn't. I refute that absolutely. There is a strong competitive edge. The first to see a rare bird and photograph it gains enormous kudos. How on earth could you olympify it? Okay, from the top of my head, you could put the competitors in a particular venue. A velodrome, maybe? If you like, the velodrome. Then you could release a rare bird from the velodrome. And how would you get it if it was rare? Well, you could breed them. Well, can you b breed rare birds? Well, of course you can breed rare birds. But doesn't that stop them being rare? No! If you breed them, they are less rare, but they're still rare. All right, then. But couldn't the Twitchers simply watch them in the place where you are breeding them? No! Because then they're not in the wild, so it doesn't count. OK. Then you would release it in the velodrome, and count to uh, 100, and then see which of the twitches could photograph it first. Suppose it flew out of the velodrome. Well, you'd hope that it would. Then the twitches would chase it, as they usually do. It might go hundreds of miles. Do you think all this might actually happen? If the video games thing happened, I don't see why not. And twitching can be very physical. I've jumped streams, pulled myself through hedges, climbed hills in order to twitch. A lot more activity than just sitting about in a video game. I mean, I've heard of chess and bridge going Olympic. No, that's just going too far. And I think that's a very good note on which to wind things up. Hamilton Smith, Shaker, Twitcher, this has been truly fascinating. Absolute pleasure. And remember, there'll be more podcasts from South Mims U, so either subscribe or come back and see what tickles your fancy. Goodbye and thank you for listening.